Spectrum's brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Before a new idea can become a way of thinking, before one detail can flip the narrative, before anything that matters can change the world, it must, above all, be known. The duty of the Scripps College of Communication is to bring forth the people who bring forth the knowledge, by word or image or data stream and in every medium and by all means, they succeed. They say, make it loud, make it clear, make it known. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. Spectrum features conversations with an eclectic group of people. Some are famous and some aren't, but the common thread is that they all have captivating stories. Today we're talking with Karen M. Chan, an actor and producer. She's the spark behind using old-time radio drama skills to breathe new life into some written classics. Karen also is working with writers of new stories and a host of actors to bring these new pieces to life for a mobile audience. It's old-time radio meets modern-day podcasting. This is an old concept. Yeah made new to a brand new mobile audience that's in love with audio. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it, it wasn't done intentionally that way, but, you know, when you grow up with uh, um, a mom and dad who are, you know, went through World War II and uh, the Korean War and the Vietnam War, my dad worked uh, as a supply officer uh, at Treasure Island. So he had the duty oh, uh, yeah. and uh, uh, once a month. And there's five kids. And with my dad gone that much, sure. uh, somebody gets to sleep with mom in the comfortable warm bed. That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, and being the youngest, I was... Uh, got to sleep with her more than anybody else. And we would turn off the lights, get in bed, and turn on the radio. And you would hear, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. The shadow knows. The shadow knows. <laughs> That's right. Right? Uh, and then we would be there in the dark listening. It was so magical. And... You had uh, all the special effects that radio brings to your minds, like the drinking of the water. Sure. Or, or, all the sound effects. Yeah, that were so yeah. wonderful. And so I think that I bring that memory in every time we do an audio book. Um, and, and then, of course, Disney was a, a, a great factor for us, you know, getting the first color TV and watching right. the wonderful world of Disney. and I watched the old Mickey Mouse Club in yeah, black yeah, and white yeah, 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 <laughs> on yeah. about a, a 12-inch screen. <laughs> yes, yes, we had, we had that, and, you know, at first, uh, yeah. and, you know, who's the leader of the band, that's you know? Right. <laughs> All those. But, and, and that's what influenced me um, to want to bring these books these classical books at first 
to, uh, alive. Uh, I share your experience, uh, you know, listening to, to some of those old shows, uh, you know, where as a young kid, it just sparked my imagination. And I could, I, I knew what Fibber McGee and Molly's house looked like, <laughs> uh, you know, in my mind, uh, all of these things came came to to life. And I was amazed if you look at that late 40s, early 1950s period, how many radio shows tried to make it to TV and they just didn't make it. No. But then some of them did and some of them were on radio at the same time they were on television, Gunsmoke, for example, yeah. was was on both at the same time. Dragnet was on both uh, at the same time. A lot of them made that transition from, from radio to television. But sometimes I just preferred the radio. I preferred the that imagination, that the audio stimulus to the brain. Well, and I— Again, I go back to the closeness of being with my mom, you know, yeah. having that opportunity to just be the two of us together listening and f- falling asleep to it. <laughs> it brings tears to my eyes that a lot of people don't have this opportunity to to know their parents in a different light. So as an actor and a producer and somebody who's lived in in the performing arts for for your life you look back at those old shows what made them so magical what was it the voices was it the combination of voices and sound effects was it the writing sometimes i i listen to them today uh, on various apps that i have and some of the writing was astoundingly good uh, some of it wasn't, but but some of it was amazing. What 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 made it so magical? You know, I think when I was growing up, I wasn't a reader, and I wanted to be, but it wasn't emphasized yeah. when I was growing up. <laughs> In my house, it was a waste of time. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> so uh, not not being a reader to be able to listen to somebody else's words uh, became so important to me. It made me think. Something that, as a kid, I was always imagining things. Uh, We played monsters and things like that. And I think I did that because I could be anything I wanted, and I could be one of those characters on the radio. Because it wasn't a TV show. Where, right, you didn't have to look a certain way or or gesture a certain way. No, uh, no, it, you it, could do it any way you wanted. It was all with your voice and all with the inflection of how you said the lines. That's exactly right. Which brings me to the way I direct is uh, I like to listen to actors uh, and give their take on something. I. I may have a framework uh, to work with, but mm-hmm. uh, I really want to know, how do you do it? How, what, do you, what do you bring to the table? Um, what is it that you imagine? Because I know what I imagine, and I'm interested in you. Do you sometimes have actors describe the person that they're playing? 
from their perspective? I don't because think that, I think I, everybody's perspective is a little different. Well, you know, I don't have them describe it because whoever my actor is 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 the person. is the person. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's why it's more important to find out who that person is and what they bring to the table. Just like when we did the Sleeping Beauty and I saw you as the, the king. <laughs> and, and then your laugh is so sweet uh, because you used it uh, and you uh, brought that vulnerability and, and sweetness and strength that I didn't know you had because I really didn't know you before. Sure. Sure. And it was fun to see. And usually, as soon as I hear you, I know where it needs to go. And in doing the uh, audiobooks, and I, I know we're getting into radio, but I'm sure that the radio did the same thing. They had to physically do these things so that you understood from their voices what they were doing. For instance, one time I had uh, Davis Bosley as Alice in Wonderland. She she was supposed to be reaching for something, and, and she just didn't have it in her voice. And so I said, okay, okay, Davis, what I want you to do is I want you to stand on this chair, and I want you to reach for it. And she did. She physically had to get up there. I mean, we did, we did a lot of these kind of things. <laughs> And it, it's a it's a strain. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a strain with your body, which elevates your voice. And little, once you bit. have experienced reaching for yeah. something, then you know what to do with your voice. And I think in in the old time radio, you know, not only did they have their sound effects that they did themselves, they were physically active. I I think I I think in nineteen ninety four. Five ninety six, or it could have been even ninety seven. Right here in this building, they had a uh, an old time radio guy come in, and they wanted as many people as possible to join them, and they actually had different instruments that people uh, would do. And they, I think they actually had a little script, something we could probably do and probably, be fine. Probably. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that that helps with your, you know, your, your voice instrument. So if you do something for audio only, you act with your voice. Yeah, and and your yes, you can add sound effects and music, but basically your, your voice is telling the story through the character. You've done a lot of that. Does You can't rely on your body or you can't rely on expression of the face or, or the things that we normally see in movies or television or theater. So being a voice actor, does that make you a better sight actor? Yeah, I, I, I think I think it probably does uh, for film, you know, <laughs> because uh, we're very, very big for theater um, and very, very small for uh, TV or uh, or film. But I disagree with your assessment that you okay. do not use your body because you have to okay. uh, when when you because you can't. You can't smile with your voice. Uh, you have to actually smile and 
come to the center of your being so that it is heard. So, <laughs> so, so you, even though people are not seeing you, you're still doing the physicality oh, you bet. You that bet. allows your voice to then express the smile that, as you described it. Yeah, and that's a, a Adam is our engineer and wonderful producer. Um, he, you know, I'm thinking that maybe one day we should really get in here and actually uh, videotape so that people can actually see what we're doing because it takes a, a lot of skill to be able to uh, um, bring text to life. Um, and uh, when you're working with actors that are really experienced, we have this shorthand, we can communicate exactly what we're looking for. And there's a, it's, it's very active. <laughs> Nobody just sits there and delivers their lines. I mean, uh, and I, well, you know this, when you hear these audiobooks, your mind is active. Uh, you, can, you can actually see it just like in the, in yeah. the radio. From far within him, he heard a creaking as of rusty portals, and through them came a stern tap, 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 like hammering in the night when one cannot sleep. Have you been good form today? Was their eternal question. Fame, fame, that glittering bauble. It is mine! He cried. Is it quite good form to be distinguished at anything? The tap-tap from the school replied. I am the only man who Barbecue feared. He urged. And Flint feared Barbecue. Barbecue, Flint, what house? came the cutting retort. Most disquieting reflection of all, was it not bad form to think about good form? There have been a couple of iterations of audio dramas that you've produced, but what, what prompted you to want to do this? Well, um, because I was uh, going back to school as a non-traditional student uh -huh. at OU, I needed a little internship, and so I contacted Stuart Opera House. I went there, I think that was probably in 98, 99, and that was just the time that David Kurz was setting up the internet URLs, uh -huh. which I had no clue what that was <laughs> at the time. It sounded pretty good. Uh, but anyway, the Opera House said, hey, Karen, why don't you... Uh, go over uh, and talk to David Kurz. And then, then we just went to coffee uh, one time and started talking about uh, radio, just like the shadow nose right. and all that kind of stuff. And he said, yeah, I really like this type of stuff. What do you think about doing something like, you know, there's this new site, Project Gutenberg, with free uh, books on public domain. Right. He right. goes, he goes, wouldn't it be cool if you could get something like that and we could record the book? And, and he said, and I think it's very important that we do unabridged. There are sort of two concepts. Uh -huh. One is the concept of 
reading an unabridged book, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, sort of the books on tape where somebody reads it to you and I can listen in my car uh-huh. in the old ways. But there's also the dramatization of the books. So how did you come to want to dramatize the books? I think that probably started when my kids were little. And I wanted to read to them. So I read The Secret Garden to them, and I took on all the uh, the actors and you what they did. You became all the characters I wanted, as opposed yeah. to just reading. It. And I wanted them to be readers, not like me. Yeah. You know, I didn't want them to grow up not being able to flourish in the world of education. Uh, I wanted them to uh, uh, be close to me as well. And I thought, this is what I want to give them. And I still want to give parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and and homeschoolers and foreign students, I want them to be able to read an unabridged book and see how it's meant to be, how how it's brought to life. Because there are, are people who don't know how to bring something to life when they're reading and I wanted that for them. That's an interesting concept because my wife is an avid reader, and reading was uh, prized in her home. And so she reads very well, and everything is on the printed page is magical mm-hmm. to her. I mean, it comes to life. Uh, reading was considered a waste of time in my house, and and so – you could always be doing some other work other than reading. And so I, I was not taught that reading reading was essential to, to learn something, and, and I could read to learn, but I never read for pleasure. So reading a book, I still to this day have difficulty making that come to life to me. Uh, but as you were talking, you know, the dramatizations do make that book come to life. It, 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 it takes the words off the page and puts them into my imagination. I have difficulty making that connection. Well, I think that you're not alone. Uh, there are lots of people who aren't able to do that. And I want my readers or my listeners or both to experience the magic that our voices are, are carrying. I want to tell these stories. We'll be back after this message. At the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University, students and faculty aren't just ready for change. They're hungry for it. The Scripps College of Communication was awarded $878,000 by Ohio University for an immersive media initiative that will allow students to become skilled leaders in immersive media, especially virtual and augmented reality. The college's Game Research and Immersive Design Lab will serve as the hub for the initiative and provide several million dollars worth of equipment, processes, intellectual property, and award-winning scholars and partnerships for the project. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. The way that you have, through 
your work that that you've done. You've reached out to theater groups throughout our region, yes, uh, and and brought people in, not only from the university community but from local theater groups, uh, uh, local children's groups to mm-hmm. to to senior groups uh, to uh, act in these books that are. And stories that are classic, yeah, they're they're old public domain stories, and but they're classic. I mean, everything from Sleeping Beauty to uh, Alice in the Looking Glass, uh, you know, to to a Christmas uh, Carol, a Christmas yeah. Carol, Gift of the Magi. Yeah. I mean, you go on, Ransom of the Red Chief. All of these are are are, are classics, and it's really been a wonderful uh, opportunity to marry. Theater and your interest in in theater and the arts with our mission as public broadcasters. It's been it's been an amazing marriage and partnership to be able to to provide those services to the community. And I got to say that my my actors and I've used over like 120 actors from ages four to 86. Um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And they love to give their time to these projects because it helps them in their acting. It uh, helps them. They they want they want to share it with their grandchildren or 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 their children. At last, she rose and cast an evil glance round. <laughs> Have you all? Finished, said she. Hear then my wish. On the day when she reaches her fifteenth birthday, the princess shall prick her finger with the spindle of a spinning wheel and shall immediately die. This terrible (laughs) prophecy made the whole company shudder. The queen gave a cry and hugged the sleeping baby still closer to her breast. No, no, have pity, she cried. Call down your dreadful fate on my head if you will, but do not harm this innocent child. At this mournful appeal, there was hardly one of the guests who could keep from tears. But the old crone only mumbled to herself as though she were uttering a spell. Then the king leapt to his feet, his hand at the jeweled hilt of the dagger that hung at his girdle. In another moment, he might have stretched the wicked creature lifeless at his feet. But before he could draw the weapon from its sheath, another voice arrested him. Stay your hand, O king, lest even worse befall. No mortal may strike at a fairy and go unpunished. And for the rest, take comfort. Your daughter shall not die. It's been, as I said, not only the marriage between the mission of public broadcasting and and your interest in theater, but it's involved uh, original music. It's oh. involved uh, illustrations. It's it's involved other performing arts than just acting and, and that's it's even expanded beyond just uh, acting the words on the page it 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 has uh 
And if I could have dancing in it, you bet I would do that, too. <laughs> Audio dancing. We'll have to try that. that. That could be fun. I think the first time I actually got someone, I think it was uh, Nikos Pappas, and um, he did the uh, the fiddle in A Christmas Carol. And I, you know, I looked all over uh, for, for someone, and he was recommended, and I said, can you do this for me? And he came in one day and with his fiddle, and, uh, and then I said, okay, so God rest you, merry gentlemen. Can you can you, can you do that for me? And so you know he 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 played it, and it was just beautiful. And I said, okay, so can you do that? Really, really happy. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and I said, now can you do that a little slow and mysterious? And and then uh, I I want it like there is something is going to really happen here that is really foreboding. And he's going, I thought I was just going to play one song for you. Yeah. But uh, he gave all of his time, and oh, my goodness, that was beautiful. And I, yes. It, it, it is amazing, the, the people who volunteer their, their talents, and, and we're so appreciative of that. But you're making a transition now, not totally out of the classics because they'll always be there. But for the first time, you're in production of an original work. It, it, tell us about that. I mean, it, it's an original work in multiple ways. Yeah, well, we we have we have two that we're okay. actually in because Connie Winters is uh, do, doing her children's book, uh, Freedom Star, uh, and that was something in, that she'd been working on for twenty years, at trying to get produced. And we talked about, hey, wouldn't this be cool to do an audiobook out of that? This is about the the Underground Railroad and the, uh, the Civil War and how uh, the the region where we are. Uh, was a major uh, area for the Underground Railroad to come up from the south. And it's quite uh, integral in the in our history yes. in this region. So this is an original work uh, that you needed to have uh, African American actors do to be to be true to the to the role. Plus, uh, again, original music and original artwork. Yes, uh, O Freedom is an old spiritual, uh, and uh, David Emerson Tony is the one who is uh, is the great grandpa, and he his voice is just uh, I got goosebumps when he sang O Freedom. We are really evolving from when we first uh, did this, you know, twenty years ago till till today. And using the modern techniques oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, available uh, to to audio sound recording, uh, yeah. and, and and bringing it uh, uh, right into the twenty first century, and, and uh, that's what people expect, and and uh, it's now easier to provide them yeah. uh, that kind of sound quality. And as, I'm grateful, <laughs> as, as as well as the additions of of music and so forth. Now you're working on a second original. Yes, uh, Timothy S. Clue uh, wrote for me a kind of like a fractured fairy tale. That's the other influence that I had when I was yes. growing up, you know, 
Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. So it's a a darker uh, fractured fairy tale. And it combines a little bit of Shakespeare, a little bit of Beauty and the Beast, a little uh, Adam of Eve. And he also wrote me some really dark music for it as well. Uh, And that is going to uh, play heavily throughout the books. It seems like your inventory or potential inventory is unlimited. There are so many great works that are in public domain. Uh, But yet this is an opportunity for people to present to you and to us uh, original works for us to consider. So, So walk us through uh, if you could briefly, the uh, the process that you go through, do you read a work and go, yeah, this this isn't sound material, or you read a work and you go, uh, I could do something, and then what do you do next? What how how do you go? What's your process? I read it and. I visualize music with it. I visualize artwork with it. I visualize actors I know or don't know. Or who do I need that can fulfill this role? Sure. And I want to bring these things to into today's world. It's wonderful to have the classics and 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 it be sweet. But we also have to keep in touch with what's going on well, today. Well, and the explosion of podcasting and the availability of that. And and when you think of it, it, it makes perfect sense. We're in an v- extremely mobile society. And whatever we can do mobily is going to take precedence. And sound is the one thing that you can do mobily, whether you're riding a bike, whether you're driving a car, whether you, we do sound in a lot of ways. You don't have to read the written word. You don't have to look at a screen to see a video. Sound is probably the most mobile medium mm-hmm. we have. And so with the explosion of podcasting, it marries perfectly with what you're trying to do. And we, we seem to have a plethora of artists to do, to do all that. So well, that, I think this is going to be a new genre, and and uh, the more successful uh, you are, the more successful others are, the more artists that will be writing for this medium uh, and, yes. and making this a priority, not an afterthought. Yeah. Well, we have to have people who believe in us. So thank you, Tom. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you talking with me. Oh, well, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> Today, we've talked with actor and producer Karen M. Chan about bringing written works of literature to life through audio dramatizations. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Tom Hudson. Please subscribe to Spectrum at iTunes Podcasts, Google Play, or at NPR One. We welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through iTunes. If you have questions or comments about any of our podcasts, please direct them to me by email at hodson at ohio.edu. That's hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu.